1: Well, hello and welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. Sterling Fox with you. In just a few moments, Doctors Ron Zokel and Faraj Edder from BC Perio will join us with lots more from the world of dentistry and to take your calls and questions too. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. The U.S. Department of Transportation is again urging owners of vehicles with defective Takata airbags to seek repairs immediately. Now, the agency, a single out Ford Rangers and Mazda B-Series trucks from 2006, which are under a do-not-drive warning. Now, the agency says it's deeply concerned that they're not being returned for repairs quickly enough. And here's the deal. Chemicals used to inflate the airbags can deteriorate in some conditions, causing them to explode with way too much force and lead to hurling shrapnel. At least 22 deaths and more than 180 injuries have been linked to this defect. Some 50 million Takata airbag inflators have been recalled in the States and millions more globally. Lawsuits, of course, are pending. According to the manufacturers, only half of the Ford Rangers and just over half of the Mazda B-Series trucks have been fixed. Now, both automakers will have the vehicles towed to a dealership at no cost. Ford Motor Company is, an ex- is expanding, rather, an urgent warning to another 33,000 owners of older pickups in North America. Almost 3,000 of those, by the way, are right here in Canada. And Ford is saying don't drive them until you get them repaired because of that defective Takata airbag inflator. Lots more information about this recall, too, at Transport Canada's website, that is TC.GC.ca. News yesterday from StatsCan about wages across our country. They're up. Highest level in six years, too. The agency reported a slight decrease of 1,100 jobs lost overall last month, but that was not enough to move the unemployment rate, which remains at 5.8%. The big finding hourly wages were 3.6% higher last month than they were. A year ago last month, the largest increase in six years. Analysts say there's been a pretty steady job growth picture for a while now, but there's obviously still room for wages to improve. One outfit that's watching this very closely is the Bank of Canada with its concerns about inflation. Might this news be enough for the central bank to hike interest rates this month? The next meeting is May 30th, but financial experts are predicting the Bank of Canada will likely wait until July to boost interest rates when world tensions increase many times so do world prices on commodities like oil and gold and we've seen that just this week but not many of us are ready for a price crisis in vanilla Yes, the humble vanilla bean has quadrupled in price this year, and world tensions have very little to do with it. The weather is mostly to blame, especially in Madagascar, which produces 80% of the world's vanilla, and where a devastating typhoon last year, the second year in a row for such a storm, happened, and the crop was destroyed. Mexico and Tahiti are also sources of vanilla, but the experts say those Beans taste different from and just aren't as good as the ones from Madagascar. So, if you want the good stuff, you're going to have to pay extra for it. A kilogram of vanilla beans now sells for six to seven hundred bucks US. For comparison, a kilo of silver will cost you about 525. Experts say prices are likely to remain this high for another year until crops are restored in Madagascar, so be ready for it. Scotiabank has joined the big five banking peers in raising its benchmark fixed rate mortgage rate. Canada's third biggest lender raised the posted rate for a five year fixed rate from 5.14 to 5.34% effective Tuesday, while also increasing the posted rates for other terms. Late last month, TD Bank was the first of the big five to raise the benchmark rate to 5.59%, a hefty increase, followed less aggressively by Royal Bank. CIBC was next, and BMO earlier upped its rate slightly, too. The mortgage rate increases from Canada's largest lenders come as government bond yields rise, signaling higher borrow costs for corporations the big question for many is how many credit unions are going to follow along is mortgage money becoming much more difficult to get You think Delta police say there's been a donation to the Delta youth support link thrift store by someone who well may have given away a bit more than they'd anticipated a worker in the thrift store thought some of that costume jewelry looked valuable So they had it appraised. And those baubles turned out to be worth a lot more than twenty grand. The store people quickly got nervous about keeping the jewelry in their possession, so they turned it over to the cops for safekeeping. The store, by the way, raises money from donated goods to create scholarships and grants for Delta students at seven high schools. Now, the police in Delta say if those uh, were your jewelry, if that was your stuff that you donated inadvertently and you wish to claim it, Uh, Just call the Delta Police uh, Department and be prepared to provide a rather detailed description. Those are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later on. Stay with us. Up next, the world-class dentists from BC Perio are here to take your calls and answer your questions about the world of dentistry. Coming right up on Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Welcome back to the program. Sterling Fox with you at 3.50. And on this beautiful Saturday afternoon, joined in studio by Drs. Ron Zokel and Faraj Edder from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers in Vancouver and Coquitlam, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Welcome back. It's good to see you both. Good it afternoon. Nice to be so with well. you again. Uh, Dr. Etter, Farage, when you were with us last time, you're still new to all of this and the newest addition to the staff at BC Perio, and so being one of the younger members, you're kind of a social media dude, and you brought your Instagram uh, gang along with you last time, and uh, thousands of people jumped in on the conversation. Thank you for spreading the word, but you also at the at the end of the day, and, and as you were on your way home, they started to ask you questions based on what maybe they'd heard on the radio and a lot of people just asking dental questions. What what do people ask you're a, you're a, tell us about your specialty first because I know some of the questions relate to cosmetic dentistry. So identify the, the the specialty and and link it to cosmetics.
2: Sure so I'm a prosthodontist which means that I specialize in prosthetic dentistry. And that's just reconstructions and replacing missing teeth and preserving teeth that are already there using uh, prosthetics in the mouth. And a role in that is the cosmetic aspect of dentistry. So aesthetic dentistry and restorative dentistry in general. So it was great last time because when I had my followers on Instagram engaged, they're were a lot of questions following up the conversations mm-hmm. we had. They had some questions about our discussion last time on, you know, implants versus bridges. Right. What's the difference between the two options? What's a better option for each specific situation? So it's always good to um, have the audience engaged and you know feel like people are understanding what their options are more than they have before. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of people interested in. In the setup here and ck and CK&W oh, in general, course. so we got some questions uh, about that, well, too. Well, and
1: yeah. I, I hope you were able to help them with the <laughs> understanding the broadcast setup a little bit. Dr. Ron Zuchel, uh you've been at this a while, and one of the, the founders of BC Perio. What percentage of, of clients who come to you for any variety of services are after it for uh, cosmetic reasons versus, versus urgent dental or medical
3: reasons? Mm. Well, urgent... uh, reasons which are medical, dental related, uh, are minimal. Uh, Usually it's somebody who has lost their teeth in one form or another. Some people will come in for cosmetic purposes primarily, but that's not the normal. Every now and then we'll have that person come in, but more often than not, people are missing teeth, they've got some bone loss, they've got some disease, and, and they want to know what they can do with their teeth. I would point out that cosmetics is always a factor mm-hmm. for everybody what's it's
1: about our smile the bottom line of course anything to do with your mouth and your, your what's inside it ultimately is all about your smile
3: and it really is and and so uh, one of the things that i i tell everybody is that the cosmetic aspect of what we do is kind of like a side uh version our goal is health and long-term function stability but we include into that without saying it a high-end level of cosmetics Right.
1: Uh, Dr. Edder, uh, people uh, do this to you because you're a social media guy and you're very popular on Instagram, and I want to know how how effective it is. Some people, they they will take a, a, a selfie of themselves, smiling broadly, grinning at the camera, in order for you to see whatever they want you to see in that picture, and then ask you for an opinion based on a selfie sent to you by text or email. How effective uh, is that for you in terms of a diagnostic tool? You appreciate the enthusiasm, of course.
2: Yeah, definitely. I definitely appreciate the engagement. Um, But like Dr. Zoko mentioned, what we do is more comprehensive than just trying to white in people's teeth, for example, cosmetically. So a lot of times for a proper diagnosis and to properly present someone with their options as to what can be done to improve function, health, oral health in general, in addition to improving aesthetics, there's a lot of information that we gather and look at comprehensively in order to come up with what those options are for that specific case. Okay. One of those things that we look at are the aesthetics, so looking at the smile. But then there's a whole bunch of other things that are missing. So when I get a photo on Instagram, I'm able to give them an idea of what their different options are. If they're missing teeth, I can explain what the different options are for missing teeth And, in of general. course, that's pretty
1: obvious to see in, in any kind of yeah, picture, exactly, isn't it? Right.
2: Exactly. Um, but that's kind of the limit as to what we can do. It's it's impossible to properly diagnose and present options without a thorough examination.
1: Right. And, Dr. Ron, uh, the that preliminary appearance at BC Perio whether it be on West Broadway in Vancouver or Johnson Street in Coquitlam is a free consultation program pro- process you're you're about
3: giving people information with which to make good decisions. And that's absolutely true. Now, I would point out that in the process of doing a very comprehensive analysis and review, we need certain records. So we take a what is normally a very, very expensive radiograph in the way of a CT scan that allows a three-dimensional imaging of their bone character. We take the photographs for what tissues look like in the mouth. And we use this to come up with a game plan for the patients in general terms mm-hmm. uh, of what they can expect approximate bulk apart cost of treatment and the different types of treatment that would be involved in restoring their mouth to the way that they were looking for.
1: Is there... Do people have combinations? Uh, I know that you can do the, and we'll talk about this in some detail a little later, the, the teeth in one day. Uh, but do people, uh, Dr. Redder, do they have a combination, for example, of an implant, a partial? Uh, do, do people end up with that, as, as, particularly as they age? And, and, for example, not having access to implants 10, 20, or more years ago, uh, coming to you now looking for some fixing, uh, do, do 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 people end up sort of with the best of, of all in their mouths?
2: Yeah, they do. They do end up with a combination of different treatment types. So the way I think of it is these are all tools in our toolbox, sure. whether it's implants, crowns, um, dentures, and so on. And then depending on that specific case, we utilize those tools. In some cases, we're utilizing one tool to restore function, restore health, and so on. And in other cases, it's a better option to utilize more than one of those tools at the same time in that same situation. So it is something that we see quite often where patients have an implant in addition to crowns, in some cases also removable dentures, so they definitely can be combined.
1: Well, and I guess, Dr. Rod, I, I'm, I'm asking that long question by way of, because you were talking about costing, the idea in that initial consultation after you develop a, a feeling for what Uh, options this person should be presented with, and the costs associated with each of those options.
3: No surprises involved in this. As few as we can possibly handle, and there are some situations where the diagnostic potential that we have... Uh, may not give us 100% of the of the answers right out that first appointment, but that's uh, that's not the norm. We mm-hmm. normally can handle it pretty close. What happens? We are taking a look at a disease process that often has lasted over many years, causing bone and soft tissue damage. And our our goal is see how we can restore that person to its their original function, stability, and aesthetic quality, and what it's going to take to do that, and present them with that option.
1: And when people are, uh, when they sit down and they have this consultation, I would imagine in more than a few cases, Dr. Redder, people go, oh, well, I, I had no idea it could be done, A, that quickly, and B, it is a lot less expensive than I had anticipated. That's a pleasant surprise to encounter now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we get that a lot. Um, that's probably the most valuable aspect of these consultations. It's presenting the patients with their options. And the vast majority of times, a lot of people aren't aware of the different options that are available to them. So with the advancements, especially, especially with people who have been in certain situations for a long time, so they've lost their years many years ago. Uh, they're, sorry, they've lost their teeth many years right, ago. Right, right. We... Now with the advancements in digital technologies and the te- technologies we're using, the options are quite different. So what we can do today is different than things we could do 10 years ago, for example.
1: Okay, and, and again, I suppose in some cases then Dr. Zoko people come in and are frankly just floored, as in completely surprised by the possibilities that they're presented with.
3: Oh, that's true as well. And what we find is people often say, well, I'm missing a tooth. Uh, how much for an implant? And, a, and sometimes they feel the implant is the tooth and the implant itself, where the implant is actually the structure that replaces the root of the tooth, and we've got to put a tooth on top of it. Ah, So, so, that's so the something. implant
1: is that actual steel thing that you put in, and then the tooth sits on top of that.
3: Almost, yeah. Titanium, actually. Okay, all right. <laughs> but but yes, that's true. That's so, why
1: I'm in the host chair, and you're on the dentist side of, of, of the desk.
3: <laughs> but you you know what I was going uh, 100% 100%. So they come in and And they aren't expecting a lot of the information that they're getting because with with the the ability to take a CT scan and see the structure and three-dimensional character of the bone, we can tell if there's enough bone structure. Often, there isn't. And Mm. we have to actually augment what we call increasing the bone volume and the tissue quality, the tissue type. This is the gum tissue that I'm speaking of. And when you do that, you can present a person with a solution with an implant that potentially could last the rest of their life. Mm. and the other option is not doing any of that, put an implant in and have it only last a few years before you have other problems with it. So when they are hit with the understanding that they're missing a lot of tissue and a proper management of this area is a rebuilding of tissue, uh, bone structure and soft tissue, it also takes the cost and puts it up a little higher. And that often is a, a little bit of a surprise to many.
1: Well, and I, I suppose uh, it, it's... Probably a fairly safe rule if you've let something go for a long time, the longer the time that it's been let go may, in fact, lead to some
3: price uh, uh, reality too, right? Well, oh, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And what I tell the patients all the time is that whatever it costs today, if you don't treat it now, the chances are tomorrow it'll be more expensive. Right, right. And that holds true in just about all circumstances that I am aware of. Do you think, Dr. Redder, that most patients, most people
1: are aware of implant technology in almost the summer of 2018? Is there still a component in the population that does, has not really tuned in to what this new approach, new-ish approach, represents in terms of the smile potential?
2: I think it depends. We see both types of people. So there are people who have, for one reason or another, um not considered their oral health for some time, mm-hmm. so they haven't been to see a dentist in some time, and for those people, implants might be something that they haven't heard of. Um, nowadays, for people who generally do see their family dentist every so often and are missing teeth, they're more likely to have been informed on the option of dental implants By the being family available. dentist, yeah, sure. Yeah, as, as an option. And uh, that's one thing. Hearing of implants is one thing, but understanding what they are, like Dr. Zokel said, a lot of times um, people's understanding is that an implant is the restoration, where that's not true. The implant is is a part of the restoration, and then there's a crown that sits on that implant. So there's a lot of clarifying as to what exactly a dental implant is and how it can be used in their specific situation. Mm-hmm.
1: Doctor Ron, is it necessary to have the uh, referral? from that family dentist that Dr. Redder was talking about a moment ago in order to be booked into BC Perio and when you come in for that initial appointment is it advisable to bring as much information as in records from your family dentist with
3: you to well, that meeting Thank you, Sterling. That that very much helps. If they bring in radiographs, more current radiographs, for example, and such, and often if they are coming from another dental office to our office, they don't need a referral form. If you're looking for a second opinion, for example, right. they can do it on the QT and we'll provide them with a second opinion without compromising their relationship with their dentist.
1: Right. On the other hand... If that's explained, uh, indeed, please just keep this cool and just tell me with the good's here.
3: And some will do that okay. and others will say, well, our our dentist already knows that we're coming here, in which case we'll mark that down and we'll send that, re- that doctor a letter as to what we found and, and what we recommend. Keep him in for the loop. And, and that doctor becomes the hub of that patient's treatment. And uh, we will work with that dentist to give the patient the best results.
1: 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. The lines are open to the docs from BC Perio. Your calls after the news. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. Saturday afternoon, Sterling Fox with doctors Ron Zuckel and Faraj Edder from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers in Vancouver at 777 West Broadway and in Coquitlam at 1175 Johnson Street. The phone lines are open. The number is 604-280-9898. Any questions you might have about Dental matters. You got two of the finest in the city right here at this end of the phone. 604 280 9898. I wanted to ask, Dr. Etter, you also teach. Uh, I keep referring to you and your colleagues at BC Perio as the world-class dentists because, Dr. Ron, you're off to the Caribbean in a few months. You've just come back from an international tour of the Middle East. You were lecturing in in Iran, in Barcelona. Uh, Farage, you're you're going to be presenting in Toronto in a couple of weeks. Um, You are the sort of dentist that other dentists come to to learn from. And Faraj, you teach at UBC in whatever uh, spare time you find in your life, and I can't imagine you have much.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a clinical assistant professor at uh, UBC, Faculty of Dentistry, and uh, I typically spend half a day a week there um, as a prosodonic consultant in the clinic with the dental students. And uh, it's, it's a great experience. Um, being a part of that whole educational process and getting to see all the changes that are happening in dental education. So that's that's something that I'm very proud of. And Ron,
1: and uh, uh, you, of course, you were just identifying a couple of more uh, presentations you've got coming up soon. I've done a little bit of teaching in my time as well. And I find that teaching actually makes you work hard because those young people or those uh, peers that you're teaching or presenting to it, these con- conferences and conventions that you do all the time, they keep you sharp because they know what's going on and they ask really good
3: questions. So you have to be right on your toes all the time. Oh, one of the things I said to other people who are looking to do what I do, is one of the things that teaching does, it causes you to become more knowledgeable and thoroughly educated in the fields that you're talking about. You have to be able to respond to questions that come from the floor from some very knowledgeable and well-educated people. So teaching actually helps your learning curve and growth in your field tremendously i agree
1: uh, let's go right to the phone 604-280-9898 we open up the lines and there's lee in vancouver good afternoon
0: hi thanks um actually ron i've met you i went for a, a consultation on an implant Decided i didn't want to do that can I come back and talk to you about a bridge because i think that's the way i want to go
1: I'm so sorry. You're, you're opting to go, you've, you've had a chance I, to speak to Dr. Zokel about implants and you've decided yeah. the bridge route was more suited for you?
0: Yes. Do so oh. so you, you have a question can, with that, Lee? Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, can people come in and talk to you specifically about a bridge?
3: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. That's one of the treatment options when you are missing a tooth.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I, I had Total confidence in you and your delivery of information.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate
0: yeah. that. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Bye. Well, there you go. Thanks, Lee. And that's a, it's an interesting call because we, we usually talk about implants a lot. And Dr. Faraj, you're, you're the, the new guy on the team and you're the most up to speed on implants and all the very, very latest dental technology. And we keep forgetting from time to time that a lot of people, in, fascinated and intrigued by implants, though they may be, still in their personal lives and in their own personal mouths, might decide to go the, the bridge route for whatever reason, as Lee has clearly done. Though that's uh, certainly one of the many services provided by BC Perio, Dr. Ron.
3: Absolutely is. and And when you really think about it, the actual cash out of the pocket to restore an area with a bridge is less than putting the implant tooth in to an area that's missing a tooth. Uh, the only drawback to that is in a long term, you're likely to replace that bridge more frequently than replacing that implant. Okay. And, and over a long stretch, that implant solution becomes a more expensive solution and with the potential of losing more teeth in that process as well. Mm, okay. So while we, we help people with the options, but by and large, we have to say to ourselves, our patient's priorities play a large role. And if a patient's priority is to save the dollars today mm-hmm. and really take good care of it, and if they can make that bridge last 25, 30 years, then that's a great
1: service. Right, exactly. And it's all about, as we've mentioned many times and will doubtless many more, it's all about your smile. And in Lee's case, if her smile works for her with a bridge and, and it's just a tickety-boo for her, who's going to argue? Well, patient priorities are a significant factor. That's true, Dr. Farage. Now, you're dealing with young dental students uh, a day a week, at least, out at UBC. When you talk to them about uh, bedside manner, for lack of a better way of explaining it, uh, identifying with patients and having those intimate conversations, you're inside a person's mouth, for crying out loud, and things tend to get real personal real fast. So how do you counsel young up-and-coming dentists with respect to especially
2: older patients, and these bridge-versus-implants-type conversations. Yeah. The way I think of it is that we have a responsibility as healthcare providers to ensure that we're improving quality of life for patients. So what I typically, the way I typically explain this issue is, and this is what I do personally, is I think what would I want done to a family member of mine. So if it was my mom or my dad in the Mm -hmm. chair, what what would I want them presented with? What options would I want them to be aware of? And when I'm asked for my opinion as to what the best option is, my answer will be what do I genuinely think would be the best option for someone that I genuinely care about and is a part of my life? That I think simplifies things a great deal in terms of how to look at what the different options are and how to present them to patients.
1: Right. Uh, Dr. Ron, uh, on the website, bcperio.ca, and friends, perio is spelled P-E-R-I-O. So the website is bcperio.ca ca and one of the things it's a terrific website all the services and all the staff and all of the options that we've discussed here are uh, are there in spades on the website one of the things that it talks about uh is uh, in a description of teeth in one day and it mentions uh this procedure delivers a full set of decay proof teeth that will stay in your mouth and allow you to do this that and the other thing and I stopped, I stopped cold when I was doing my homework last <laughs> night.
3: Decay-proof teeth? That's never come up in a conversation before. Is such a thing possible? Oh, oh, that's dumbing it down, right down to the basics, isn't it? Yeah, they are decay-proof because these structures that we build on implants, full set of teeth on implants in one day, they can't decay. Nor can they have nerve problems because they they don't have a nerve. Right. So right. there are a lot of the problems that happen with natural teeth do not happen with implants, and some do. But the concept of teeth in a day is that whatever we do, when we put the implant in, we also, the same day, deliver whenever possible teeth the very same day. Okay.
1: And uh, is that a health
3: issue as much as anything else, a medical thing? Well, it's, it's got a combination of factors. Uh, first of all, somebody says, well, well, how, how long have you been doing this? And I would say the great majority of people doing implants today do not do that. But the literature shows, and we've been doing it for quite some time now, where we put teeth in in one day, and one would say that, When you do that, is there a risk of failure? And the answer is very, very slight increase in the amount of potential failure. But if you do what we tell you to do and you handle it properly, you get a better result. You actually have an improved quality of bone around the implant. You have improved quality of gum tissue around the implant. The end results are better and much more stable if the implant doesn't move. And that's the key to the whole process.
1: Right, right. Now, you've talked earlier about in some individuals – Bone loss has occurred, particularly if there's been quite a bit of time before there's been a lot of attention paid to dental health, etc. What happens if, uh, Dr. Redder, uh, a patient comes in for this teeth-in-a-day procedure and there has been sufficient bone loss to the point where there's some grafting required to augment That bone area, so you can put those implants in. Does that affect the timing of teeth? Do you have to do the bone graft separately and then come in another day for the teeth in one day procedure?
2: Not necessarily. In the majority of cases, we are able to place the implants, do the additional augmentation that's required, whether that's bone augmentation or soft tissue augmentation. And provide teeth in one day. That's the majority of cases. In very severe cases of bone loss where there's just absolutely no bone to place implants, that's Mm. when we would consider doing an augmentation, making sure that the bone properly heals before going ahead and placing the implants. I get the impression
1: that happens fairly rarely. Very
2: rarely. I'd say, yeah, very rarely.
1: Okay. Uh, And uh, options for replacing missing teeth are uh, basically the stuff of which BC Perio is made. People just come to you and say, "I've, I've got a, a small problem," or I've been. I've, I'm a lot of people. I'm sure. Uh, and again, this goes to you and and your your young dental students and bedside manner stuff. But some people, I'm sure, arrive at the clinic feeling a little more than a little self conscious. Because the smile isn't anywhere near where they want it to be, and they haven't
3: actually smiled in public in a long time, and they're embarrassed about it. I think that's very, very true, and we see that quite frequently. Our goal is to alleviate their embarrassment. You know, we see people like you and a lot worse, in fact, many times. Our goal is to get you to a healthier state where you've, we change that. We actually change so you do feel good about yourself. And the important thing is not to shake a finger at them and admonish them. or That's not our goal. Our right, goal right. is to say, you know something, you've got this condition right now. We've seen it before and we've seen a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And we're here to give you a hand and see if we can convert you into a different level of health and stability.
1: And some, of course, uh, Dr. Redder, some people just, it, it, I mean, it sounds all very well and good as Dr. Zokal explains it ever so fairly on the radio, but people get self-conscious. And it's, it's a, an act of courage to go to the dentist and say, I haven't done anything in a long time and my mouth is just a bloody mess. Yeah, it's, it's- uh, and, and can you help me or am I just a lost cause?
2: Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure you get that question. Yeah, definitely all the time. It's an act of courage and it's an act of taking responsibility and taking the step to improve your quality of life but certainly do you know what my favorite part of what i do is what's that my favorite part of what i do is when we see the final results so when people come in with teeth that are decayed or missing or like you said have been unable to smile for years where their hand automatically covers their mouth right. every time they want to smile and then they go for a tooth in, uh, the teeth in one day procedure or they go through a full mouth reconstruction and at the end of that day when we give them a mirror and have them take a look and smile for the first time, the, that smile and the look on their face is by far my favorite part of everything we do. More than a few tears, I'm sure, along the Boy, way.
1: Yeah. Uh, just of joy, real yeah. joy. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I, this, is, this is me again. I haven't seen me in a mirror for X exactly. number of years, yeah. right? I yeah. Uh, gotta be a, a very fulfilling it's moment very in your, in your work day. Yeah. Huh? And the same happens to you,
3: Dr. Ron, all the time. Absolutely, and and Fraj is absolutely correct. Uh, one of the great values of doing the type of work that we do is making such a significant impact in our patients' lives that they do. They do break down in tears, not just smiles, mm-hmm. but tears, sobs of joy. A, a gentleman who had this done in our office about a year ago came in, and he hadn't had good-looking teeth for about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And when we gave him a mirror to look, take a look at his teeth, because he had upper and lower, all teeth, his bad teeth out, all implants put in, and teeth in the same day, upper and lower. He looked at that, and we, he couldn't do anything but sob right. for about 10 minutes. Right. and. And you knew you made an impact at that point. No
1: kidding. Now well, that's great stuff. Love stories like that. Uh, the pain factor. I mean, if you're gonna, you're just talking about a fellow who came in and had his upper and lower uh, teeth removed and uh, implants replaced. The teeth in one day. The full meal deal, if you will, on teeth in one day. Because he got much so. upper and lower. I mean, uh, there's. Uh, and it's a relatively speaking pain-free experience, and this is the part that baffles me and a whole lot of other people listening right now, Un- uh, unable to imagine a removal of one tooth, let alone multiple, and-, and walk out of the dentist's office
3: relatively pain-free. I-, I know it's counterintuitive. It really is. Absolutely, for sure. And when I started doing this many years ago, and I started treating people the way I do, I started to get these, this feedback, well, I didn't take any of the pain pills you gave me, right. and don't give me any more because i got a I got a, cl- a chest full of these things, so I don't need any more. And I, I get that back, and I get it again and again, and, and I begin to realize that the protocols we were using were effective in, in getting people to come out of their anesthetic and not require any pain relievers. And we still see that the majority of cases that we treat.
1: Dr. Eder, when people go in for this teeth-in-one-day procedure, presumably there's a lot of freezing going on. Do some people request to be knocked out? Is that, is that possible, or is it better if the patient is conscious during the, the procedure?
2: We always have patients conscious during those procedures. Okay. Especially, well, always conscious when they're in, in at BC perio having these procedures done. Um, there's definitely local anesthetic that's applied of course. to make things as comfortable as possible for the patients. In more extreme cases, another option that we can utilize are mild sedatives just to calm them down a little more. Um, but again, that's very rarely needed. And uh, local anesthetic can do a very good job on its own most of the times.
1: If uh, we're listening to the broadcast right now, driving in the car on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, Dr. Ron, and okay, it's time. It's just Time. How long from the time on Monday morning? Presumably, we wait till the office is open. Uh, from the time I call the office uh, on West Broadway or in Coquitlam, uh, from that time, that initial call to getting to see you or Doctor Etter or Doctor Birdie or one of your colleagues.
3: Well, often within the same week, and at latest probably two weeks down the road. Uh, the most important thing is contact our reception area and let them know that you're interested in having a consultation. Right. And she will move everything. So we make a certain amount of, if they recognize, if they advise us that they came to us as a result of listening to CKNW 980, then we will do what we can to get you in the same week.
1: Ah, that makes me feel good. Use the old 980 CKNW. Use that. as That'll be your password when you call them up. <laughs> bcperio.ca is the website, friends. B-C-P-E-R-I-O. bcperio.ca. All the information about both the uh, Vancouver Center at 77, 777 West Broadway and in Coquitlam. They're located at 1175 Johnson Street. And all of the contact information, the phone numbers, the emails, the book an appointment online, all of that stuff at bcperio.ca cperio.ca. Dr. Faraj Etter, Dr. Ron Zockel, a pleasure as always, gentlemen. Thanks for coming in. We'll catch up to you in a few weeks. Thanks. Thank so you, Great seeing you again. And we're back after this. And once again, our thanks to Doctors Ron Zockel and Faraj Edder from B.C. Perio for another very informative visit. Thanks for the calls. Next week, we'll be joined by Jubilee Travel and the Hong Kong Tourism People, and then we'll have a visit from the good folks at Sierra Sill. We hope you can join us then. It's time now for Duly Noted, and this time our producer Ben Dooley has an update on the romaine lettuce story.
0: Thanks, Sterling. In an update to a story we brought you last week, Federal health officials say six Canadians have been stricken by a strain of E. coli that has a similar genetic fingerprint to romaine lettuce from the U.S. Southwest that has already sickened 149 people in 29 states. The Public Health Agency of Canada says two of the six Canadians reported traveling to the U.S. before falling ill due to E. coli. Three became infected in Canada and the remaining case is under investigation. The six Canadian illnesses were reported between late March and mid-April in four provinces, one each in British Columbia and Alberta, and two each in Saskatchewan and Ontario. One Canadian was hospitalized and no deaths have been reported in Canada, which is part of the reason we haven't seen a recall yet.
2: We don't know if there's any uh, Yuma uh, lettuce that, that, from that region that's in Canada. We do know from our uh, American colleagues that uh, the Yuma region stopped producing and distributing lettuce uh, 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 quite some time ago, mid-April, I believe. And given the the short shelf life, relatively, it's about 21 days, the actual uh, probability risk of any Yuma-grown lettuce uh, being on the shelves in Canada at this point in time is quite low.
0: That was Deputy Chief Public Health Officer Howard New, and I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. Time now for a couple
1: more consumer quickies before we have to go. In their unending search for ways to save energy and lower costs in Canada's most expensive city, BC Hydro, along with many Metro Vancouver municipalities, are offering consumer rebates if we replace our clothes washers with high-efficiency models. The new washing machines are just plain better. They use a lot less water and cost a lot less to run. To find out which types of clothes washers are approved for a $100 rebate, and your city may kick in a bit more, too, check the BC Hydro website, which is bchydro.com. The offer also extends to dryers and refrigerators, but consumers must apply for the rebate before June 15th. After your purchase, you send in a receipt, and BC Hydro will cut you a check. Don't forget, old appliances must be disposed of properly, and both BC Hydro and Vancouver.ca have information on how to do that. Canadian Tire Corp. has signed a deal to buy Heli Hansen, the maker of sportswear and workwear based in Norway, for a cool $985 million. Under the deal for the company, which is controlled by the Ontario Teachers', Pen- Teachers Pension Plan, Canadian Tire assumes another $50 million in debt as well. The reason? Canadian Tire says it has had an excellent relationship with Heli Hansen and has been selling their products for over 10 years and says the whole deal was just a great fit. The Norway-based Heli Hansen will continue on as usual, and Canadian Tire expects the deal to close by the third quarter of this year. And they say they also expect some international growth to spin out of the arrangement. How about Canadian Tire stores in Oslo or Stockholm? Hey, if they can do IKEA. Uh, Fans of the show About Nothing and comedians in cars getting coffee are absolutely thrilled to hear Jerry Seinfeld is coming back to Vancouver for three shows in early October. One on the 4th and two on the 5th at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. Ticket presales began a few days ago on Wednesday. Public tickets, that would be the rest of us who don't have the inside track to the pre-sale goodies, uh, we get to buy Seinfeld tickets beginning Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Lots more information at ha Seriously. That's the actual address, H-A-H-A-H-A dot com. And that is our show for today, produced by Chris Brentlinger-Grant with Andrew Ferreira at the controls. We value and appreciate your feedback, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions for the show, please send them along to Sterling at CKNW dot com. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer, right here on 980 CKNW.